Why are you so smart, Dom? It kind of has to do with movie stuff, bro. All right, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Theater Cleaners. I am Todd, beside me is Dom, and today we're going to be talking about a little ditty called uh, Bicycle Thieves. It's Vittoria De Sica. It's an Italian neo-realistic film. I don't remember what year it's from. Dom can probably fill that, fill me in on that when he does his synopsis. Dang, you really put me on the spot. Uh, let me look at my notes, and it does not say what year it is. I think it was um, 19... 47, I want to say. I don't believe that's that true. That sounds correct. Um, it was post-World War II. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Just so No, just keep talking. You got this, dude. I'm, gonna look it up I'm doing that. I was already doing 1948. God, you were off by a year, dude. I was. That is so Bush League. How do you even, like, appear professional? I don't think I can ever be hired in this industry again. Honestly, you should just call it a day. It's actually a well-known fact that grips and electrics need to know all of the movies and what years they were released. Otherwise, your job is in- incapable to be done. Yeah, I mean, how can I trust that you know what you're doing? How can I set up a light if I don't know when every movie was made? That's absolutely it, dude. That's crazy. Um, so, brief synopsis. This movie is about a young Italian father who's trying to provide for his family in post-World War II Rome. Um, and the gist is, he's unemployed. Yep. Gets a job offer. Yep. He needs a bike for it. Definitely needs a bike. He has a bike, but not right now. Mm-hmm. And then he gets that? his bike back. Well, he pawned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he gets his bike back. And then he gets his bike stolen. Nobody would have guessed that with a name called Bicycle Thieves. Um, so, and then it goes into other stuff, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, so that's kind of the brief synopsis. It's an Italian film, uh, 1948, set in Rome, post-World War II. Also speaking on that, did you ever notice throughout the film that there was never like a landmark to be like, we're Rome? Um, yeah. Like there wasn't the Colosseum, yeah. there wasn't any of the like True. old Roman pillars or any of the like and I think iconography. That, I think we can start with this, but I think that actually has something to do with the neorealism that is this movement in Italian filmmaking during the time is the fact that they're making movies for the people in their everyday lives. So are people going to be like, really like, oh my God, it's Roman Coliseum. Who gives a shit when you live in Rome? Right? Yeah. I mean, so, it fully falls into that. I was just like, I don't know. It seems like he's going all around the city to look for it. I feel like true. once or twice, you might just be like, because I mean, it is right there. And if you're taking place in Rome and shooting I mean, Rome the street. Is, Rome is pretty big too. I know. I've been there. Yeah. I haven't. Oh, dude, it's sick. Yeah. Super good time. Nice. Yeah. Their hot uh, chocolate is fire. I was like in fourth grade, so that was my big thing. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like, yeah, I went for like summer exchange when I was uh, in college. Hot job was great. Um, so I, you could be right. I, I, what, what I think from the neorealism is that it's about these people's normal lives and why would they care about, uh, important things like that in like history when it's just, that's their every day. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, or I could just be completely wrong, and there might not have been a budget or the want to film in Rome near those very famous structures that would be a lot harder to probably secure permits for and just close stuff down to shoot. Oh, I mean, dude, they had people just lingering around the sets all of the time. That's actually how the kid Bruno got cast. Actually? Yeah, his, like, the, the young dude, Bruno, like, the first scene he was supposed to be in, they still didn't have, like, a little kid cast to be that role. 
and they saw the dude who ended up playing Bruno. He was just like hanging out around the set because he was interested in what's going on. And DeSica saw him and was like, what up, kid? You want to be in a movie? Yeah, that kid gave an awesome performance. Right? I was like, dude, Bruno <laughs> is the star of this film. Yeah. But also like, what's also crazy is the uh, the lead actor, he was just like a factory worker. It was part of the neorealism re- neo- thing of like, he wanted someone who's like an actual worker who like does struggle with like what the character's gonna struggle with and like trying to provide for the family, all of that. So he ended up hiring this dude because he was like, You actually know the feeling. I can just teach you how to act. And so sure. that dude ended up doing that. And it was only like they only filmed for like two or three months, but he would get picked up every single day in a limo. So then all of his old coworkers thought he was making like tons and tons of money, but he wasn't making yeah. shit. He was making like not very much. So then once the uh, production ended, he tried to go back to his real job, and they were like, oh, you, you movie, man. Like, you've got to be making so much money. You don't need this. We kind of already filled your role. Um, so, yeah, he ended Damn, up. Damn, so his life became the movie, kind of. Oh, he, yeah, he got fucked over, actually. Like, he, he couldn't really get work, so then he started trying to act again, and he could maybe, like, mainly get, like, small roles. I mean, he gave a damn good performance of this movie. Wow, that's actually really surprising. Um... I did not know that. I know. Dude, IMDb Trivia. It's a fun one. Okay. IMDb Trivia, guys. Sponsored. Not really. No, not at all. Nope. Um, so, let's move on. What were your initial thoughts about this movie? What did, what do you think? Well, first and foremost, I really thought Bruno was great. And I mean, kind of already said that, but he was just like a good kid. But, I mean... It's always cool to see these old cultures and everything like that. And I thought the performances were done pretty well. Um, also, initially, it's just like the movie kind of seems to drag on in spots and then really ramp up through certain areas. So it's like kind of hard to judge how long you've actually been watching the movie, which is something that stuck with me a bit. Yeah, I believe it was an hour and 29 minutes runtime, I believe. Okay. Could be that sounds about right. About, it was about an hour and a half, I'm pretty sure. Um and or is two hours fuck I don't no know. it was I probably it was an hour and a half yeah i think it was an hour and a half i think the other movie that we're that we're gonna talk about was different oh yeah that different one yeah the different one yeah that we'll be doing in two weeks yeah yeah that yeah okay cool well, not today not today not today uh yeah so initially what i thought similar to you the bruno kid i had no idea was just a random kid off the street <laughs> yeah gave a good kid performance i'm not gonna lie i know dude he was uh, great yeah, and the also the the lead actor I thought was was really good too. It's surprising that neither of them were like actors normally. Um, I will say this neorealism at first kind of feels um, from our modern era. It doesn't feel that different or interesting. But then if you kind of look back to what Hollywood was making at the time, it's like, whoa, this is way different than what Hollywood's making. Um, so my initial thoughts were like. Before I was looking into it more, it's like, it just seems like a kind of lackluster premise. You know what it feels like, actually? What? If you were to put it into, like, a normal, or, like, not a normal, but, like, a current category, it would be, like, a docu-style narrative. Yeah. That's like, kind of what that's, realism that, is. Exactly. Right. Like, it's it's literally just capturing everyday life, but putting it in the sense of, like, a story or giving it a premise. Mm-hmm. Um, so off of that, let's talk about what neorealism is. Yes, I will let you take care of this. Okay, so, should I start with what it is or the history of it? Um, 
I'd say what it is, first of all, probably good, good way to start. So Todd kind of described it already is neorealism is a movement in Italian filmmaking that was about making movies about people in their normal everyday situations, which at the time was pretty much unheard of. You didn't really see that kind of stuff, except for if you look really at the beginning, kind of everything was that like the Lumiere brothers are just like taking a series of pictures of people in their normal lives, but it wasn't telling a story. It wasn't like a narrative film about that. What do you mean? Factories or workers leaving the factory didn't tell you a story of people, what they do when they get off work? Yeah. I mean, the original films were documentaries. That's true. Kind of. For about six seconds. Yeah. And then George Millez Millez started doing his experimental stuff. The horse stuff? No, that was Moybridge. That was Moybridge. He was the OG. Oh, was, uh, he was like an experimental filmmaker. Have you ever seen Hugo? The way old original one? No, like the 2011? No. So it, it involves that filmmaker that I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, the French one sounding? Yeah, he was like a magician, but also could like really create like a lot of cool gadgets. And he was like the first special effects kind of person. And didn't ask where the term up. movie magic came from. Probably not. Could be actually. Maybe. Might, Probably. Might be, I don't know. A lot of people that work in the industry are pretty good with language, I've figured out. So, not us, apparently. We we tend to mess up our words a lot. Yep. Anyways. Uh, um. So, back to Bicycle Thieves and neorealism. Because uh, <laughs> we went a little tangent there. But I hope you had fun. Uh, we did. But back to what we were talking about previously. Is neorealism, movement that was talking about normal people's lives, normal situations. And it's not the hyper exaggerated stories that Hollywood would be telling with fantastical characters and fantastical situations that were all dramatized and made to be these really entertaining stories. These were written by, and I guess acted by normal people in Italy that were, they were just their, their normal lives, situations they would be put into and kind of how they would interact with the world. And in terms of neorealism for this movie specifically, it kind of questions morality in a system that is not really able to be... It's questioning, can you be moral in a system that is designed to have very little vertical movement in um, economic status? Is it possible to be moral and try to advance yourself or not. So that's kind of what this movie slightly talks about. Comments on it. Honestly, not that much, but just a little bit kind of towards the end. Yeah, I didn't know if you were fishing there or if that was like a... No, it's a legit thing that I was... Yeah, that I learned. No, um, one of the things that was interesting with neorealism, neorealism is like DeSica did make a choice with using, you know, and a true workman as his main character, but one of the things that like kind of put distaste in people's mouth for neorealism was it was like right after World War II. So it was like Italy was still recuperating, still building back from where they were. So a lot of Italians didn't like being shown that like, hey, as a country, we're like kind of weak right now. Mm -hmm. And the whole movement actually came about from Mussolini. Uh So Mussolini stopped the import of films from its enemies, mainly like Hollywood in the U.S. and and uh, Great Britain and and other and like France and other and other uh, 
what you would originally think of around this time, like the the big movie names, they stopped importing films from them, and they also stopped exporting films too. So Mussolini kind of put a hold on all external media and films coming into the country. So during this time, Italian filmmakers during World War II and just after, uh, the Italian filmmakers really got a chance to separate themselves from Hollywood and kind of see how they wanted to tell stories. And that's where this neorealism came from. So plus the censorship of the fascist regime of Mussolini and stuff, they had to tell different stories. So that's kind of where this whole idea came from. And it's really interesting to see where people are telling stories when they're separated from Hollywood, because we probably don't realize how much influence Hollywood has on international media because it's just so large and they just make so many movies and they just export them. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see what happens when uh, you remove that influence and what, what people try to do. Because they didn't, part of the being cut off from it was they wanted to be distinct from it. They didn't want to be like, oh, we're just copying that and making your own. They wanted to make their own distinct stuff. And that's where neorealism came from. And it creates really interesting stories. Like you're saying, maybe not everybody's happy about it because, oh, what was movies used for this time? An escape? What are movies still used for? An escape? But what are you telling them? The same shitty stories that they have to interact with in their lives normally. So there's that. I feel like they need to bring stuff like that back in the Netflix era because all of these streaming platforms are dying for content at this point. I mean, they kind of do. It really is. It's like a resurgence. Because, like, dude, have you noticed Netflix has been bringing in all sorts of foreign films recently? Well, finally. Because, I mean, yeah. Guess what? Foreign films. Pretty damn good. Oh, actually, that that brought up something I wanted to speak about. Yes. One of my struggles with watching foreign films is the fact that, like, I spend so much of my time trying to understand what they're saying and, like, reading the subtitles that I don't get it, like look quite as long at the image or pick up on like the smaller details like you would with like I don't know like when we did Hateful Eight like I was able to watch that for the third time and I was like picking up on all sorts of details and everything like that because it's like oh I can shift my attention to this because I know the story and it's like when I'm trying to figure out what the story is listen to all of what they're saying and all of the dialogue as well as see the image for the first time and it's like dude this is tough I mean granted this is like my third or fourth time watching it but it's like I still don't have a full grasp of really the the film itself. Are you talking about the full grasp of like bicycle thieves? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like I was that was kind of more of a like blanket statement, but I will say for bicycle thieves, it's like it's not that hard to pick up on what the story is, especially if you, you really just have to pay attention to like the first five ten minutes of the film and you like get the idea. I honestly, um, I would say that a lot of these neorealism films are like the bicycle thieves and it's not that hard to understand the story because it's really rooted in reality you can understand what's happening and it's not fantastical or over dramatized you're like wait what just happened i missed one second and now i'm totally lost for the entire narrative no no if you miss a second you're like okay he's still looking for his bike that was stolen hey, yeah that's like his livelihood right there is that bike dude i'm thinking more of like i don't know metropolis or uh Alita to Queen of Mars from Russia, like those kind of films where it's like they're super just, concept heavy and they're like going in the real artistic route. There's like a whole lot of stuff going on and you're like, I can't, yeah. I missed one second and I've totally missed like this whole arc of this. Well, I'm completely past. But I mean, with this one, it's, yo, dude's out looking for a bike. It's, yeah, it's how it is. I do want to get uh, eventually talking a little bit about the story just because 
I don't know, there's a lot of different things that you can kind of digest with the film. Like, overall, it was, like, very depressing kind of seeing all of the, all of what he's going through and all of the different struggles and everything like that. And, like, one of the things I wrote down was, like, triumph and tragedy. Because, like, right off the bat, it's, like, him getting the job. And it's, like, oh, all I got to do is go pick up my bike from where I pawned it, basically. And I have a job and it's providing all of these benefits and life is looking fucking great. But also that itself is, like, okay, we have to sacrifice something else just to make this work. Oh, God. Like, them selling their bed sheets just to get the bike. Like, dude, yeah. I even wrote down, I was, like, dude, this is depressing. Not only because of what they did, but look at all of the people in the back of the lines. Like, the person after them, after they sold the sheets, he was just getting rid of his binoculars. I was like, I feel like we could have gotten this man a better prop, because I feel like you're pawning your binoculars. I feel like they're not that much in return. You mean you're not getting that much out of it, or you're not losing a lot? You're not getting that much. Like, if you're pawning something, you need money. You're not getting that I mean, much. binoculars at the time, like, optics like that, crazy expensive. Really? Yeah. Oh, the glass was probably hard to manage. Machining glass like that, it's a lot harder during that kind of time. Um... Why are you so smart, Tom? It kind of has to do with movie stuff, bro. Old mm. glass. Old glass, man. Lenses. Um, let's have an audience thing right here. What, what, let's have it... Uh, send us DMs on Instagram what uh, what you guys would try to pawn to get your bicycle back during this time to get a job. All right, yeah. Well, what would right you have in. to pawn? What, DM what, what us. Would you, yeah, what would you live without? Bed sheets is a little... Uh, well, far from me, I'll be honest. I mean, when I when I first moved into my current apartment, I went without bed sheets for like two, three weeks. It's not that bad. Like, I can deal without it. I could pawn those off. But honestly, like, if I really needed the money, I got like a guitar I haven't picked up in like three years. I would probably pawn that, go out, buy some fun things, buy, buy fun stuff. Yeah. For headspace and stuff. Nice meditation, relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about, oh, we got a little far from it. Let's talk about, uh, a little bit more of the story, right? Let's talk about more of the end of the story, maybe? Or oh, I mean, you want to talk yeah. about middle parts and... Well, oh, speaking of middle parts, sorry, but this is something I actually really enjoyed was you see the, uh, bus pass by or bus or truck or whatever filled with all of the, the soccer fans and it, it felt very much like a quick brush off. Yeah. But then later on, it's the radio starts playing and it's like talking about the soccer matches of today. And then, boom, you're at the final scene and he's at the uh, the stadium or whatever it is. So it was like, it felt like a very one-off, like, little, oh, that was cool. To then, oh, it's integral to the part, like, of yeah. the story. So it's a little like, like, oh, it's a throwaway. There's a soccer match. People are going to go enjoy that. But then towards the end of the story, it's like there's bike abandoned at the soccer game. There's a lot of bikes here. Yeah. Not a lot of people. Yeah. What I could do. And that's kind of the question is like morality. Can you be moral a system that's not beneficial to people that are being moral? I mean, yeah, that's probably the whole question. That is a good point. And then in the end, you're thinking he's going to go to jail. But then the guy's like, feel bad because he has a son. Let him go. And that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah, it ends so abruptly. I, I, It gets me every single time. I'm just like, oh, it's over okay yeah it's like a happy ending with no resolution absolutely no resolution but it's still like you feel happy because oh he was gonna get in trouble but then he doesn't okay cool we're done wait no we're not what happens yeah happens to his what happens to his family what happened to the bike never find it yeah i don't know that kid definitely stole the shit out of the bike we saw it we know 
Yeah, it was that dude. Where'd the bike go? Dude, it got painted. It got chopped up. Yeah. Dude, what was crazy was the amount of, like, bike chop shops that were out and around there. Oh, that yeah. seemed unrealistically, like, a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I would love to say it either was or wasn't, but I have no fucking clue. I didn't live in Rome in the 40s. I know. I mean, it seems like a lot of European countries would travel by bicycle before cars became so mainstream, but it was like, still felt like a lot. Yeah, no, it felt like a lot. It felt like, oh, hey, we're in uh, Amsterdam now. Yeah, it was like, all right, we're not just going to have one dude. I guess, are they like a super capitalistic country? No, they were fascist right before this. Yeah, so then I'm like, With so then everybody's just trying to get their own money. Because I was like, what I was about to say is it's like, seems like there would have been just like one big bike chop shop and dudes just co- kind of like cornering the market. But no, it was like a million and one mom and pop, like we're just going to chop some bikes up and resell them. Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. You would kind of assume it'd be like one big thing, but I don't know. I think it's kind of a little more black markety, so probably not uh, quite. I don't know. I don't know how business ran during that time. Dude, what was crazy was the the dude who actually took the bike. I can't remember what his name was, but when he actually finds him and it's like... The kid? The kid, and he's confronting the kid. I always find it super impressive how like the entire mob around him comes by and they're like, nah, this is a good dude. This, I know this kid. He's a great little boy, whatever. I'm like, mob mentality, kind of kind of fire. Like, I, I was digging with it. It's like they got his back. I love that. Yeah, it's also it also is like a little, um, that kind of shows a little bit of like the culture in not just Rome, but like in cities like that mm-hmm. in, in Europe around the time. It was very, you were very, um, you had a neighborhood and that's where you were from. You weren't from Rome. You were from your neighborhood in Rome. Um, we never, we didn't have that much in uh, the history of the U.S. except for maybe a good example is like New York, New York City. You got Queens, Brooklyn, um, you have Manhattan, like that, like those different boroughs is maybe one of the only places that like is really, are you good? Yeah, but I feel like you're also kind of forgetting about gang culture. No, I mean, I mean, just like in general, like, oh, like, like, uh, like the whole country as a whole. Okay. Yeah. In Europe, in Europe, there was like a lot of like these, it wasn't just like, it's not like just gang culture. Of course, gang culture is like, I was like, dude, but I mean, like, like just in general, like beyond gang culture, I mean, like as a whole, um, there's these really like neighborhood esque times because if you think about it, people didn't travel or move around that much. You were born in one place, and you mostly stayed there your entire life. So if you're looking at the movie, Bruno is probably going to stay in that neighborhood in Rome for his whole life. Um, if he at least can make it till then, yeah, with his dad not having a job, and it's a real sad story. I see the mozzarella sandwich he was eating? Actually, looked good. And then, yeah. why was his dad cutting it up? I don't know. That that felt weird to me. I was like, dude, it's a sandwich. You called it a sandwich. Eat it. Yeah, Italians are weird, bro. Dude, yeah. Also, if you haven't picked up on this yet, there's like, Dom and I are both fairly indifferent on this film. It's a good one to watch. It's a good one to know. It's a great way to point out like Italian neorealism. But at this point, we are more or less just having conversations back and forth based off of different elements of this. Which is kind of the whole premise of what we do here at Theater Cleaners is just talk about movies. Yeah. But it's a little less formal today. Yeah. It's a little less formal today. Uh, Sometimes when a movie is not that, uh, doesn't grab our attention as much, sometimes it's a little harder to have conversations about the movie specifically. Uh, I think there's 
like you said, great things to talk about the movie. I would suggest you watch it. It's it's an interesting watch. It's not like a really boring movie. There's just not like a lot to break down beyond the fact that we could go into neorealism for hours, but I don't think anybody really wants to hear about that for hours. No, this isn't like a it's not this a is not a lecture. Yeah, no. we're not gonna sit here and break down the finer points of like these thematic. Uh, what would you even call that? It's a movement. That's an artistic. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Same as art, all art has different movements going on, and like, what's cool is each kind of section or area of the world kind of takes their own spin on everything, so it's always interesting when you get to go and start watching some of these foreign films, you get to pick up on more and more. Yeah. But either way, this is a cool movie about bikes, and if you want to, like, understand neorealism, just watch it the once. I would not tell you to watch this multiple times, but if you do, write into us, DM us, at theater underscore cleaners, we will probably answer it. Me and Dom don't do too much on outside Instagram. of this. On yes, Instagram. on Instagram. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear what you thought about the movie after watching it. Um, if you have watched it and like, if you think there's anything really important that like we missed, tell us and maybe we'll give you a shout out on Instagram. Be like, hey, this person's smarter than us. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I would honestly, I would not. I would not it does. Surprised. It's not a hard bar to hit. No, it's really not. We kind of like set the bar real low. Yeah, I mean, it's it, kind of like we're playing limbo a little bit. Like, it's like that's how low the bar is. Yeah. How low can you go? Yeah. All the way to the flow? Nah. Uh, yeah. Bad jokes. Um, No, dude. I think overall, I just think there's like really like silly moments that happen all throughout this film. Because what I was going to say earlier about the uh, the kid who stole the bike, what the fuck was up with him just having a seizure, like, right in the middle? Oh, yeah, I don't know, dude. It was never explained. Never. So, like, the mob mentality to think that, like, our main character, I don't know his name. What's his name? Oh, uh, Antonio Ricci. Antonio, Antonio Ricci. Uh, they think he did it. Like, oh, what did you do? You cast a spell on him or something. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, it was like, dude, you, uh, you accused him, and now he's having a seizure because you said mean words. Yeah. Also, we talk about how the kid was, like, in a brothel. Like, I think that's, like, where he worked or where he lived or something. He's just, like, his spot was in a brothel. I didn't think that was a brothel. No, it was definitely a brothel. Really? Yeah. Dude, you think he's a pimp? Maybe. Or maybe he's the son of one of the ladies there, or... We saw his mom later on. After he leaves the brothel. you're right. I forgot. That was his mother. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Come on, dude. I don't know. Maybe she worked as a... Brothel. Maybe that's how he was born. You know, maybe <laughs> could just be re- repercussions from a dude. I don't know, but he was definitely in a brothel. And then Bruno like was like following his dad in there, and that lady was like, "Get the get out! You're not like you're not allowed to be here. You're not allowed to be here." And then uh, Antonio he goes up and then like goes like ding, and then there's all the girls sitting at the table, and that old dude, and then the like probably the lady that runs or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, what's happening?" And he's like, "I'm yelling at you. You stole my bike." And then dude. That scene where he, like, goes to the guy and grabs him was actually really fucking intense. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Dude, him chasing the old man. Oh, that was so fucking random. It was so random, but also he gave zero fucks that he was in a church. Oh, yeah. Running around in a ruckus. Like, I was just like, okay, either he's not religious or he really just needs his bike. Well, that kind of brings up the, the, like, the whole movement of neorealism. Is like, that is his whole life. Even if he is religious, and I'm pretty sure he probably is at this time, he's living in Rome. Well, they go to the the one who sees, the, yeah. that lady. That's a little more gypsy-esque, but... That's uh, true. That is very true. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... At first, actually, that's a really good example of, like, the the 
the dilemma that he's really in is his wife goes there at first and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, this is so dumb, blah, blah, blah. Goes through all this time. His bike is stolen. He's so desperate to find his bike that he's doesn't give a shit that he's in a church. He's making all this noise, making a ruckus. Um, and then he finally goes back to that like lady who sees the, the Oracle gypsy lady because he's so desperate to find his bike. And then what does she say? She says, you either find it right away or you'll never find it. Yeah, he's like, where do I look? And she's like, you'll either find it right away or you'll never find it. It's like, yeah, this lady's a fucking scammer. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, dude, he kept asking and asking. She's just like, you either find it or you don't. Dude, get off my back. Yeah. Like, you just then, cut in line for this. And then he's like going to give her money and she's like, no, I can't touch the money. Oh, yeah. She was like, I'm too good for your money. But my daughter will take it. It is a fucking scam. Yeah. I mean, so we, knew, we knew it was from the beginning, but I just thought that was kind of funny. How oh, was it? There's so many random, like, little bits within this film. Because, yeah. like, what I was about to say about the old man before I got sidetracked about, like, Antonio not caring about the church. Yeah. This old man just, like, did you see any? He doesn't walk away. He, like, hoddle walks. It's like a little giddy up in his walk. I don't remember that. Oh, it's like a hop step walk. It was super weird. And it like Oh, oh, you mean you mean once he's like running away on the bridge? Well, he did it before too. When uh did he? Yeah, after they had just chased the the kid who stole the bike after he ran off and they lost sight of him. Mm-hmm. They went back to go and track the old man and you just see the old man like doing this like hop step walk across the road before he gets away and he was doing that like the whole time throughout. And it was just like weird. But I feel like that was just like the old man having like leg issues. So it's like, yeah, maybe it was one of those of like, is this neo realism or was he being directed to do this? I don't know. Or is that just how he walked? You know? Yeah, straight up. Like, yeah. I don't really know. So it's like, there's that's what's interesting with neo realism is you don't really know what's being coerced and what's not. Like, what actually is just like showing life unaltered and what's just like, hey, we're we have a story here. We need to get certain things done. True. Um, one thing that I found kind of funny in this movie is, um, my dad's father, so my, my dad's side family is all Italian. Got my little Italian sweatshirt on right now. That was a coincidence, I swear. Um, so, and my great grandfather and my grandfather are all Italian and I'm just watching these people, how they carry themselves in this movie. I'm like, dude, that looks exactly like my grand, how my grandpa walked and like carried himself. It was just like a cultural thing. It was uh, kind of funny, just like when they're in that church, which I'm pretty sure was like a uh, like they were doing like a Salvation Army kind of equivalent thing. Like people were going in there, getting shaved and haircuts for free, and then getting a meal and whatever, um, because they're because those people were also downtrodden. And it seemed like Antonio didn't give a shit about that when he could have been like, "Oh, this is a good resource." He's like, "No, I need to provide for my family," kind of deal. Like he wasn't willing to accept that he was there yet, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that was just really interesting. It just looks like random people off the street that were like going to use these like resources and they just have a camera in there and the dude's like behind him, uh, when he's like walking through the door and it's looking out the door and it's like him and Bruno, there's like just random old dudes in the back. Like, I'm pretty sure they were just trying to go to where they needed to go and they put on camera and I was like, that's just, oh, it's just kind of funny. Dude, that's wild actually. Cause no, there was a, there's one scene where like they were chasing, like, they were chasing after the one guy and all of these streets were like empty, desolate, no one out there. But they, they, they paused this one area and I swear to God, I think it was like a wheelchair 
but it was like a three-wheeled wheelchair. Like you ever see those uh in the Paralympics, like the speed? Oh yeah, it has the wheel in the front for like stabilization or whatever. It was like that. It was like an old school wooden one of that, and like a dude was just wheeling by in like the very distant background, and I was just like, they're just in the city. Was was that just them, or was that like put there specifically? Yeah, it, dude, that's my question. Dude. Yeah, but it was like one of those random things of like, what? Yeah, another random what thing in this movie was when it was raining and then they go stand against the wall to get out of the rain and then just like a bunch of like German religious people come out of nowhere. Yeah, that was super random. I was like, why? Also, I was like, I had originally like in my notes, I had been like, dang, did they have to sit around and like wait for it to rain or did they fabricate that? And then as soon as it like the rain stops, the rain stopped on a dime. So I was like, oh, they faked that for sure. Yeah, but it felt like way too big of an area for them to just be like, oh, we're just going to spray up this, spray this place up. So I'm not going to lie. Every time you say something like that, it always surprises me. You think of the weirdest things. You're just like, you're watching a movie. You're just like, do they wait for the rain to like happen? Or do they make the rain? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, God, this was a random thing. Dude, you just boiled down exactly what goes through my mind. <laughs> Because I was like, dude, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I feel like Dom watches these movies and he's like pausing frames and looking at like which direction the lighting is coming from and what they use for their transitions. And I'm just over here like, oh, why does she look so sad? I wonder what's going through her mind right now. I wonder what she's got planned for the rest of the day when she's not in the movie. Never know. That's a good question. I never thought about that before. What are, what are the actors in this? Like, what is that person in the scene doing after they stop filming? No. Oh, I was like, if that character oh, the their character, day, the character, what are they? Got what's it. the? But also, yeah, the actor's probably just like, oh my god, I gotta get out of here. I got a dinner date at seven. Why are we doing extra shots? That's too real. <laughs> <It's> too real. <laughs> oh shit! I have somewhere to go, and now we're going OT. Fuck! <laughs> How many more pages? Why are we adding shots still? Stop. <laughs> oh my God. Meal was 30 minutes ago. What is going on? Second meal's fucking pizza. God damn it. Uh, too real. Too real. Too real. Scale it back. Scale it back. <laughs> I'm shaking. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, no, I'd never thought about that before. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. This ties back into the rain and this wasn't a dumb thought. Actually, this might be a dumb thought after. It's probably a dumb thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. How do you think they shot um, the scene when they're riding around in the truck going back to the city and it's like looking through the windshields at them? Because the screen, or not the screen, but the like background outside of the car feels very green screen-esque, but that's way before that time. So I was like, how did they rig this up to make it look? Because then once they cut back and they do the like establishing shot of the truck pulling back up, I was like, dude, it would be super hard to rig to that truck. So... They could have rigged the truck, but a thing that they normally did before green screen would have these whole painted canvases basically on vertical conveyor belts. They would have whole, sorry, they would have whole painted like canvases on vertical conveyor belts that would go like that. So, oh yeah, I'm a conveyor belt, but on vertical. So instead of a green screen, it was like a legitimate painting on a 360, you can just like keep on going. Why did they do things in such a hard way? Yeah, why did they just use CGI? I mean, dude, you just put it in the computer and you press the edit button and it does it easy. Why don't they just use the uh, the voids on Unreal Engine? It's so much easier. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I just, 
weird, dude. 1940s, they did stuff so weird, bro. Dude, they did everything bass backwards for sure. Yeah, for sure. Can't believe they're shot on film stock. How do you even like? What are you supposed to do? Develop it after you see it? It's God. God. Yeah. What do you, How come what do you, it wasn't even in color, dog? Oh Let's talk about that. Dude, holy shit. They added sound finally. I was like, dude. Dude, why would they shoot it in color and then make it black and white? It makes no sense. True. Why Why would they have the world in color and then shoot it on black and white? It makes no sense. <laughs> do you ever think about that? I actually think about this a lot um, when I'm watching a black and white movie. Is, is, does people what? are seeing it in color? No, no, like the, the characters did, in it get to what, see the world in color. Yeah, what did the set look like? What did the set look like? Because I know for a fact that some sets were painted wildly random colors in the black and white days because the the hues oh, yeah. looked good in black and white. But it'd be like pink and green and random fucking Dude, colors it would on be set. Like, like it would be like neon green and shit brown. Yeah, I... I'm always just like, dude, I wonder what the fuck that set looked like. Sometimes they look totally normal and they're just painted. Dude, like, do you know how disorienting that would be to walk in there and be like, why am I walking into like Ronald McDonald's fun palace right now? Now, now see, here's the thing. Would it be much more disorienting than walking onto a green screen? No. Like a green slide? Probably not. That's why they started creating like the volumes and using Unreal Engine for those mm -hmm. VR sets. So actually yeah, like, also... the actors can in like imagine and see what they're trying to interact with. Really cool thing about the uh, lighting aspect of that. It actually gives some throw onto the uh, characters for like realistic kind of looking backlighting and stuff. You ever watch, uh, sorry to sidetrack y'all, but do you ever watch the the gallery about Mandalorian oh. on Disney Plus? Yeah. Who do you think I am, Todd? You're, yeah. you're Dominic. <laughs> so that's all the time we have today for theater cleaners. Yeah, I think we're at our, our wits end. But now we got we got a little bit more to give y'all because who we do? I think I'm out. <laughs> I mean, what are we seeing here? Except I do actually have something to say. All right, say it. Hey, how you doing today? I'll do it you having it. a good weekend? Um. So yeah, when they fucking steal, when he steals the bike at the end of the film. Yeah. Did you notice how everybody once the one guy was like thief, thief? Everybody was like thief. It came Go running ahead. after him, but when he got his bike stolen, he was in a busier area than that, and he was like, thief, thief, sprinting down the street, and literally only the one guy was like, there he is, Parker, go get him. You know, see, I feel like that guy was in on the bike stealing. I think he was. Could have been, because it, be it did show two shady characters. There were three guys. It was, it was the kid that stole it. Another dude kept walking and looked at, like, the ads on the thing like almost like a lookout and then another dude turned around and went the other side of it damn i think i think he might have been in on the stealing of the bike that would make sense but also but it's how like, fucked up is it so organized fair it's just a bike like just walk up and take it dude it, you can get away faster um but no that, that actually makes it like way more sad to me because like richie was just down bad dude he was down horrible like Gets his bike stolen. No one comes to help him. He gets down to his, like, the end of his wick or whatever. Mm -hmm. Finally steals a bike. And then that's when everybody decides, I want to be a good Samaritan today. Yeah. Like, he so was just down horrendous. It's the, it's the question of morality. Is like, it's is his family is going to not be able to make it if he doesn't steal that bike, if he doesn't get a bike. It's his chance to, like, provide for his family. What's his wife do? You thought she has a job. So lazy. Don't say that. Just kidding. I don't know. 
I don't know. We never actually explored that. That would have been interesting no, to see. But they did show their like family home once. And I did think they had like a very loving family and like their home yeah. life seemed very like nice. Remember that part where uh Richie hit his son and then his son was crying and he's like, I'm gonna tell mom and then Richie's like, Please don't tell mom. Yeah, straight up, dude. I thought that was hilarious. Holy shit. That's kind of- also, did you notice that like when Richie actually still has his job and he's going into work the one day when he bikes up with Bruno? He just drops Bruno at, like, a gas station, and Bruno works there. He's, like, five, and he's working at a gas station. Like, dude, I was going to say, Bruno looks pretty fucking sick in his, like, overall with the sand. Like, dude, he was like, balling. It's like, damn, that kid, that kid kind of cute. It's funny. He's, like, he's got, like, his little work stuff on. He's, like, that's funny. Dude, he was such a good character. I think oh, he, yeah. he honestly makes the movie, in my opinion. For sure. Uh, Yeah. I'd say, okay, we've talked a lot. We did originally say that this movie was, like, nothing special, but we have talked a lot about the movie and things we liked about the movie. It did have good edits and, like, good transitions. There's yeah. a lot of, like, wipes and yeah. dissolves. Um, There was one pretty good dissolve uh, where it was him dissolving to his wife, I think. It was early on when he was... Oh, fuck, I can't remember exactly what it was. I wish I could write this down to remember it, but it was a nice transition. It was, like, him kind of looking I don't know if he was looking like sad or depressed or something and then it was like wiping to his wife like doing something in the house or something maybe it was when he got his bike stolen and he realized it and then it was just like showing what his wife was doing I don't remember could be wrong I probably should have done a little more research and remember that no it's okay I feel like he researched enough besides getting the the date right uh, crickets okay so, I would say, we've talked a lot about this movie and things we've liked and things that we thought were interesting or funny in the movie. Um, I might, after talking it over with you, I might actually be willing to bump my grade up on the movie like a, like a step higher. It's actually pretty good. I'd watch it. It's entertaining. I'd suggest somebody to watch it. Um, if you're interested in Italian filmmaking post-World War II and neorealism, then definitely watch it. It's a really good movie for that. Uh, if you're interested in watching foreign films and experiencing foreign culture uh, beyond the neorealism and just like foreign movies, definitely watch it. If you hate foreign movies and you don't want to be exposed to other types of media from outside of Hollywood, then probably don't watch it um, because that goes against everything that you apparently have values in. So if you're like Todd, is what I'm saying. Don't watch it. Pretty mm-hmm. much, yeah, dude. You yeah. kind of throw me under the bus on a lot of things. It's a, that's, it's a running joke. It's the only thing I have. It's the only thing about me that runs. Was that a stretch? Yeah, no. Was that I, a stretch? I don't. I don't run. Say you don't run. Yeah, I'm. No. I'm lazy as hell. I don't run either. Okay. I mean, that's a bit. Wow, you call me fat, Todd? No, I just meant out of shape. That's crazy. Anyways. Please cancel him. Oh, yeah. Cancel culture. Get after me. He probably will, actually. That's why I do this podcast is I'm going to slowly sabotage him when we're doing this the whole time. That's okay. I like getting in hot water. It's more comfortable. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say, Dom. What about you? Uh, No. Just final thoughts on, uh, on this movie. What's your verdict? My verdict. Would you suggest to watch it or not? Um, honestly, I would suggest watching like Mama Roma instead of this one. I like that one a little bit better. It's a 
It's another good neo-realism film, but this one's still just good to watch. You can pick up on a lot. I mean, even us, like we said there was like not much to write home about and here we are picking up on all of these small details that I said I couldn't even pick up on because I'm trying to read subtitles. So, That's you know, maybe there's more light at the end of this tunnel than we were originally given given it credit for. So I think it's it's worth the watch. Definitely. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's it's worth the watch unless you like really don't want to experience other foreign medias otherwise yeah why not throw it in throw it in your letterboxd hey i watched this movie i thought it was interesting oh you can can brag about it yeah absolutely and speaking of letterboxd go ahead and check out the theater cleaner letterboxd we like to uh write write reviews create lists we have like a little watch list going of all the films we'll watch in a season so Stay tuned to that, see some updates, see what we can actually write down and formulate our thoughts and have it be succinct instead of a giant mess of spaghetti noodles all mixed up together and that's our brain process. Don't expect too much because it probably will be spaghetti noodly still. Yeah, that's fair enough. Anyways, this has been another episode of Theater Cleaners. I've been Todd, beside me has been... Dom. And next episode, we're going to be watching American Graffiti by George Lucas. That one was surprising, to say the least. So tune in, check it out, follow us on Instagram, check out the letterbox, all that kind of good stuff. Anyways, till next time. Later. Catch ya. Arrivederci.